1: It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding Surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Chris Mack of 93.7 The Fan here with another edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. Lucky enough to be joined by great NHL insider Scott Burnside. Check him out. Google Burnside on hockey. That's where you find him. At Overtime Scott B on Twitter as well. And I'm going to dive right into it, Scott, because after probably what I imagined for some of us was a nice, relaxing, long holiday weekend, this is the, it's like one of those uh, green-white checkered finishes in NASCAR. Everyone's going to slam on the gas and get to the finish and try to figure out where the chips are going to fall, and in the Penguins' case, it could be winning both of their final two games and still not getting into the playoffs. So I'll ask you right off the hop, when you look at the way things shake out for the Islanders, the Panthers and the Penguins, three teams, two spots to get in as the Eastern conference wild cards. What's your feeling on how things play out this week?
0: Yeah, Chris, you're absolutely right. And uh, it, it doesn't, I mean, on some levels, it doesn't look great for the Penguins and, and really, who do you have to blame? Uh, if, if you're the penguins for being in this position with two games to go, uh, other than yourselves. Right. I mean, there's, you know, this mm-hmm. is, this is a team brought back the core, um, the expectations, you know, certainly were that they would be somewhere, um, comfortably in the, in the playoff mix in the Eastern conference. And and of course that's not the case. They're going to need help. Um, and you know, listen, if you can't beat Chicago or Columbus, in those final two games, well, shame on you. You don't deserve right. to be in the playoffs anyway. But let's assume that they take care of business. And, you know, I think the last couple of games have been a good barometer for that. Sidney Crosby, um, you know, once again, as he has for so many years, leading the way. So, you know, I, I, I think the Penguins should win those final two games. So to your question, I, I think there's a way right now. They have to, can't just get a point. you got to have, you've got to clear either the Islanders or the Panthers because of the regulation win tiebreaker. So you can't can't be tied. Um, But I think it happens. I I just do. And I think there's so much uncertainty and unpredictability about the NHL game. It's part of what we, we, we love about it. And I'm curious to see what happens with the Florida Panthers. I, I, I assume Alex Lyons going again, for the Panthers, Journeyman Netminder been on an absolute rainbow. What a great story. Really has saved the Panthers season. Mm-hmm. You know, but is is there an end point to that? And I your point about Toronto and Carolina, the, the second team that the Panthers will play this week. You know, Toronto's sort of I, I my sense of Sheldon Keith. I know I saw um Ilya Samsonov was quoted as saying he'd like to play. Wants to be in a groove and goal for the Leafs when they face Tampa next week in the playoffs. Right. Um, you know, Mitch Marner has a shot at 100 points. This is a, I, you know, inter- I know that they don't have to, anything to play for standings wise. I think this is a real test for the Florida Panthers because t- I think Toronto really, you know, it's a team that hasn't won a playoff series since 2004. I don't think there's any coast in that team. Now I haven't seen anything about their lineup. Are they resting guys? My sense is that this this Leafs team is going to be a handful for Florida tonight, and so maybe this is the best shot for the Penguins, you know, even though they're not playing, to make up that ground, right? So right. a regulation loss, which is critical, I think that that's a possibility. And then Carolina is interesting too, because you know, when I provide some content for Carolina. So it, it, and there, you know, it's a Kane's team. Still fighting for first place in the uh, Metropolitan Division. Um, a team, I think, a lot of questions surrounding them heading into the playoffs. No Andre Svechnikov, of course, Max Pacioretty, uh, done long-term weeks and weeks ago. Um, the goaltending a little bit in a state of flux, you know, with Frederick Anderson. Hasn't played in the playoffs. Uh, in This will be his first start in three years, assuming he gets to start in Game 1. So I think this is a Carolina team, again, in Game 82, in South Florida, I don't – and just understanding how Rod Brindamore and his coaching staff approach things, right. I don't think there's any coast in that Carolina team too. So I guess what I'm saying is I think there's a chance that Florida loses at least one of these final two games. You have to hope if you're a Penguins fan, it's in regulation. Um, the Islanders are a different story. Um, you know, they're going to – They Washington is – Noah Vetkin, as you mentioned, and that Caps right. team is just – and they are, they are playing out the string. So, yeah. you know, the Islanders look to me to be a team that has an easier way to stay ahead of Pittsburgh uh, over these final few games. Um, but I think there's, you know, I, I I just, and Florida has shown us incredible wobbles throughout this regular season. So I don't know. That's why you play them though, right? Who knows? Exactly. Like, you and I'll talk tomorrow. Cats will win tonight, five, nothing. And then <laughs> yeah,
1: put it all blow the run. whole thing up. Yeah. I, I, I like your point. You know, I can get behind your points in regards to, to both of those teams that Florida is going to play this final week in that, you know, Carolina could still be fighting for things. You know, it they've got an Ottawa team that's been scrappy down the stretch. Uh, and so you know, there's no guarantees on, on that uh, stacking up points for them. And if Jersey were to win, Tuesday night against Buffalo, and again, Buffalo's been playing well down the stretch as well, but Jersey's still looking to chase Carolina down for that Metro Division crown. Well, all of a sudden, Carolina's trying to scrap and and fight and claw for points as well on Thursday, and with the Leafs on uh, tonight, Monday night, I, you make a great point. Marner chasing 100 points, and I think even greater so in Samsonov trying to get primed for the playoffs uh with with matt murray being out who knows what the situation is like there but if they if they know they're gonna ride him and he's the guy at this point then he's gonna want to be tuned up and he's gonna want to feel locked in going into the playoffs so that's a great point speaking of locked in going into the playoffs the bruins they tie uh tampa and detroit for the wins record over the weekend um but i noticed and it's Maybe this is just wishful thinking on the part of a a fan of a team who may play them in the first round. Neither one of those two teams won the Cup. Uh, The 17 Lightning went out in the first round, in fact, and the Red Wings didn't even get to the Cup final. They lost in the Western Conference final. So are the Bruins, in your opinion, uh, more 17 Tampa, 96 Detroit, or are they maybe more a team that I haven't heard them compared to as much and who they still may catch for the overall points record? 77 Canadians who lost just two games in the playoffs and just steamrolled everyone.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's a good question. I, I think it's, I think, and again, maybe it's recency bias, but <clears throat> I, I do, I am wondering about Boston and the playoffs and how they, how they respond to when adversity really finally strikes. Yeah. Them, right. I mean, and, and on uh, listen, Linus Allmark, He wouldn't be my Vezina guy just because his workload's been a little bit lesser than a Sorokin or a Hellebuck or, um, but listen, Linus Allmark has been a revelation. Boston gives up so little. They kill you every way you want to be killed. You know, there's Pasternak with a hat trick on uh, Easter Sunday to get to 60 goals. Um, There, there is nothing, not to like about that Boston team and there's really nothing to suggest that you know a team like Pittsburgh or Florida although Florida is kind of a weird team because they can sure light it up when they get the opportunity you know it's hard to imagine that they could follow fall into the trap that Tampa fell into in being swept by Columbus back in 2018 so um 18 or 18 and I guess my my thinking is, what happens to the Bruins when they play, and let's let's move them to the second round. They're going to play either yeah. Tampa or Toronto. Uh, two good teams, although Tampa has looked a little bit bored by the whole process the last month or so. but those are two real good teams. That goes without saying. You know how, how do they respond to that? And I go back to that Tampa team. That won 62 games. I remember having a conversation after the fact with head coach John Cooper, and he was like, "You know, we had nothing to play for for so long. We we had no urgency. You and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bruins going for the record. That's not real urgency, right? That it is what it is. It's not anything compared to if you get down to nothing in a playoff series or you face your first elimination game. Those are completely different things. And Tampa had no answer." For that, And Columbus dug in, and they never quit. So I'm not saying the same thing can happen. You know, Patrice Bergeron, first ballot Hall of Famer, whenever he decides that he's going to quit. Brad Marchand really, I think, is probably uh, Hall of Fame bound at some point. Um, You know, Pasternak is having just an incredible season. So, you know, I'm not saying they can't be beat because, as you point out, history tells you that winning the president's trophy more often than not, means you don't win the Stanley Cup. right? Um, But I am curious to see how the Bruins respond to adversity when it comes, because it will come, and how they respond to having to elevate that urgency when they need to, because they have had very little to play for, for literally weeks and weeks.
1: So let's bring it back to the Penguins, and let's assume they face the Bruins. Still an outside shot, uh, although it's limited. Outside shot that they could face Carolina or New Jersey in the first round. Uh, are Crosby, Malkin, and Latang enough to upset any of those teams without the elite goaltending that we have yet to see the Penguins get this season?
0: Yeah, no, I I think the simple answer is no, <laughs> but again it's been so hard to to, you know i think to um you know synthesize what this penguins team is about or what they're capable of the last two or three years in in the playoffs because of course the injuries last year you know to me they were the better team in that series against the new york rangers even with a third string goaltender going to overtime in game seven right i mean i i if if I know it, it's a mugs game to say <laughs> they're the better team though, than the New York Rangers through seven games. And if they get the goaltending, they win that series. And I think the same was true two years ago. It's the Islanders, right? Tristan Jerry wasn't good enough. And Tristan Jari needs to, he needs to be real good the next couple of nights. If he's going to play both those games. And I assume he's going to be the guy in game yeah. one. Um, if they do get in a- and he's just, he, I mean, we have seen at various points of time that he is an elite NHL netminder. I mean, went to an all-star game. It, it just has been so inconsistent and never knowing when that moment is going to be at hand. It, it, you can't win that way. It's, 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 you know, it's the it's the ultimate truism in hockey. If you don't have the ultimate confidence in your goaltender at the drop of the puck every single night, it's very, very difficult. To win, you know, Colorado was a bit of a, you know, an aberration last year. It didn't yeah. really matter who was in net for them. Darcy Cumper was okay, got hurt, was okay. Pavel Francouz, it, it didn't really matter to them. But you can't count on that. And certainly, if you're going to upset, or if you're even just going to go toe to toe with a juggernaut like the Boston Bruins, you are absolutely going to have to have a netminder who steals a game or two games. I think of that first game. Against the Rangers a year ago, Casey Smith, yeah, you know who was unbelievable, then gets hurt, and you know like that's an unbelievable game, and the, and the Penguins, you know they they found a way to win that game, and they're going to need either Tristan Jari or Casey Smith to find that kind of level of play in order to steal two maybe three games if you're going to stay close. And ultimately, if you are going to knock off the Boston Bruins, but I will say this only, listen, never count out that core. Um, and I know it's been a long playoff dry spell. Uh, if there's not urgency within that core, if they make it to the playoffs, if there's not urgency from that group now, I mean, when will it arrive? Right. It's right. been a long time for success for players who are used to for a long time in their career, having success on a regular basis. So I, uh, I hope it happens. I think it's great drama. I think it would be great theater. Um, and certainly I know, you know, the ownership must be like, this is why we brought them back, right? Didn't, didn't brought, bring them back to wonder about our draft position here. What's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen the second week of April, they're counting on the playoff games. So yeah.
1: The stated, the stated goal is fairly straightforward if those three are at the core of things. You're absolutely right. So what is the what does the offseason look like? And this is not just, it is a Penguin-centric question because we've talked about Jari and DeSmith, but can, can any team fix their goaltending issues? Can the Penguins fix their goaltending issues if they believe they exist this offseason? Because I see a lot of second-tier guys, and I don't see anybody who necessarily jumps out especially free agency wise, um, as a possible replacement for Tristan Jari.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I think there's this idea, I mean, in, you know, in a perfect world, do you, you know, you draft and develop your goaltending. That's, that's what happens. It comes from within all those kinds of things, but it really, you know, it doesn't happen all that often. Right. I mean, yes. Sorokin, uh, with the Islanders, Vasilevsky, obviously, um, with Tampa, Shesterkin in New New York, but you know, there, there are lots of, there are lots of Stanley cup teams that, that, that bring in their goaltending, right? I mean, just, it's, you can do it both ways. You just have to make the right decision. And so where do you find the goaltending if if you're going to the marketplace to find it? Now that's right. You know, that's the real question, right? I mean, you know, Freddie Anderson is going to be UFA you know, he hasn't played in the playoffs in a couple of years, so what does he show for Carolina? You know, what happens there? There aren't, there isn't an obvious answer, and you're absolutely right, Chris, but but the maybe it's not the obvious answer. I think of, a, you know, a kid like Philip Gustafson in Minnesota, whose numbers are among the top in the NHL since the midpoint of the season, since January, whatever, the, the Timeline is his numbers are among the best in the NHL. And basically he comes back in a deal for Max Talbot with Ottawa. And I've talked to a couple of uh, goaltending experts They're like did not see that coming. So, you know, can you, what's your scouting department? Like what's your pro staff say? There is this guy, you know, Billy Husso you know, has been really good in Detroit, different right. example, because they're not a playoff team, but can you find that player? that comes into that position and doesn't just get you the playoffs in the spring of 24, but maybe becomes a player around whom you can build your playoff team for two or three or four or five years. That, I mean, that's, that's the question. And there probably are going to be half a dozen NHL teams scouring the landscape, looking for exactly that kind of player to play goal for them next year, whether it's Toronto or Carolina or whoever it's going to be. You know, that's where you have to trust your staff and 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 go with with what you believe can happen. I, I don't see any way you could come back to the same goaltending situation that you had this year in Pittsburgh. But who knows? What, what happens if they knock off Boston in the first round? You and I are having a completely different yeah. conversation about what the offseason looks like
1: All bets for this are off. team
0: vis-a-vis the goaltender.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you get a sense um that in I I find it hard to read from the the back channels available to me, but do you get a sense that John Gibson is maybe any less interested in sticking around in Anaheim for the rebuild there? Um, Because he is now a guy who's, and he's been in his prime years, but um, you know, a guy who I I, I don't know, it's it's hard to get a sense uh, from talking to people, whether he has the appetite for sticking around in Anaheim while that uh, process plays out.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I'm just looking up. John Gibson's contract status, as we see here, now he does have, according to my trustee, uh, cap friendly. has a modified no-trade <laughs> clause. He's a 10-team no-trade list. Have to believe, given his connection to uh, the Pittsburgh area, that he would love to be a Penguin. But I, I, I don't know right. that for sure. Under contract through 2627 27 at 6.4 million dollars. It's not a bad number. I, I think though you have to wonder you know has he been beaten down basically mm-hmm. has he been broken by playing for one of the worst teams in the NHL over the last two or three years yeah and i don't know the answer to that certainly you know there was a period of time when people considered him one of the top young goaltenders in the game um i i don't know if that's i don't know if that's the case and and to go back to my point you have to if that's the kind of deal you're thinking about a uh, to me it, it you can't be giving up assets Right, prime assets for John Gibson. This has to be where Anaheim and John Gibson are saying, "Let's, let's agree to move on here," and mm-hmm. where Anaheim is moving salary and moving into a different phase of their evolution as a team. You know, like to me though, you can't be considering John Gibson and sending out top-end assets, whether that's picks, or right. or or, or prospects you know and then let's be honest penguins don't have a huge reservoir of high-end prospects even though they don't have a lot of room on their roster given their salary structure so you know i am not against john gibson i just don't know what you're going to get with him and go uh, back to my point you better be pretty darn sure that he is exactly what you want for a guy that's under contract through 26 27 that's right you can't, you can't make that mistake if, as, if, as if he's not any better than tristan jari or casey DeSmith. smith then that makes no sense. Then
1: What did you do it for? Exactly. I just, it, it's, it's mandatory in Pittsburgh that we ask about John Gibson when we talk old tender issues. I, I totally get it.
0: And who, you know what? And maybe, you know, I, I do believe in the, you know, the fresh, you know, scene is, is really helpful. It's truly helpful for some players. And, and listen, Anaheim's been, that's a hard place, right? That, you know, changing, you know, yeah. like it's top problems at the top. And it is, that's a hard place. They're there. That's a, that's not a very good team. And so maybe going somewhere else, you find your, you you find your groove or your karma again. And, and we do know that he, you know, certainly had the tools. Does he still have them? Again, that's where you have to trust your scouting and your, you ha- just have to trust what you believe organizationally, if he's the right guy to fill that, mm-hmm. fill that void.
1: Last thing before I let you run um who's gonna do the fixing this offseason um does a playoff berth if the penguins secure one buy ron hextall another year and when if at all uh especially in the landscape of the nhl where we know head coaches get shuffled in and out so easily and so quickly when does mike sullivan's seat get hot if at all would missing the playoffs uh reverberate back onto him at all
0: yeah um I mean, I think when you don't make the playoffs and you have the core that the Penguins have, then, then everyone should be uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do go back. You know, I, I I think Ron Hextel is one of the smartest guys in the game. I I, I really do. I think he's a great hockey mind. Um, that situation in Pittsburgh um, is different than I think any other situation in the game. And if you went back and talked to Jim Rutherford and Ray Shiro beforehand, it just is. You've got that core, and you know when ownership, you know the directive from ownership is, hey, let uh, we want those guys back, and so make that happen. Well, then you do, then you do that, and and part of the reason is you you know you're you don't have five or six guys that are coming up through Wilkes-Barre ready to charge into the lineup, which is what happened back in, right. you know. 07 08 09 and, and so on because you're in the playoffs every year so you don't get right. those guys and and you're trading assets every single year pretty much to try and load up for yet another run and why wouldn't you do it that way when you have i would say this the greatest player of his generation in sydney crosby and you have a hall of famer in of malkin and maybe a hall of famer at crystal tank all right load up and do it every year but you're right. Like at some point, it just the well is going to run dry, and it may run dry in two or three days. And then, and then that's the question. Well, so what do you do? And and I think it's you know, listen, Mike Sullivan's earned all kinds of leash and rope. Yeah. And to me, it's about having a candid discussion. Do what do you want? What do you want to do? Because we have to make some changes here. And, and boy, it's hard because the way that team is built right now, it's hard to make open you know dramatic. You know, systemic changes to that roster. Like, you can't just get young by snapping your fingers. It's no. gonna be hard. And and some of the moves have have not panned out for Ron Hextall. But his mandate has been build a team, go as far as you can. And if you don't make the playoffs, well, you know, is that Ron Hextall's fault? Well, I he takes you know he shares the burden for that just as Mike Sullivan does. But I don't know. At some point, the you know, ownership has to. Well, okay, maybe. So what do we do now? Like maybe we made yeah. a mistake. Maybe we should have done something different a year ago. The easy to to ask that question when you're sitting one point out of a playoff spot with two games to go. And that may be moot if they make the playoffs and have a good strong series against Boston or Carolina. Who knows? Maybe you change your mind about how all of this looks. So pretty premature, I think, to, okay, this is what should happen because it's still very fluid.
1: Scott, great stuff as always. Always appreciate your insight. Uh, People can check you out on Twitter. Overtime Scott B is the Twitter handle, at Overtime Scott B. And of course, Burnside on hockey. People can go there and get the latest from you on a daily basis as well. Great NHL insider, Scott Burnside here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Thanks again for the time. Anytime, Chris. That's something to hear. Scott Burnside, who's one of the guys plugged in really well around the league, say that Ron Hextall is one of the better hockey minds in the game. He's not saying that if he doesn't hear other people around the league saying it. That's what's wild. We we have insulated ourselves to a point here. And look, I'm not willing to absolve Ron Hextall of what I think is an awful roster building job. This past offseason, this past year, this past two and a half years. Yes, we'll go all the way back to what should now just be known as The Jared McCann incident, Uh, leaving McCann and Tanev available for the Kraken to claim, and both have been key to that team making a run this year, and who knows how deep the Kraken go to the playoffs with McCann as a possible 40-goal scorer, but again, that means people around the league, Who again, Scott talks to a ton of people around the NHL, people around the league are looking at Hextall and saying, you know... He might be getting a raw deal there in Pittsburgh. He's actually a pretty smart guy. And whether you agree with it or not, and I think a lot of us disagree with that opinion, right? Whether you agree with it or not, other people are out there thinking that, which is wild, but I don't know. That might give you some sense of if the Penguins are able to wrangle a playoff berth out of the final four or five days of this season and put up, at least a respectable fight against whoever their first round opponent may be. That's probably enough to keep Ron Hextall in his gig. That's just wild to me uh, because it doesn't help them going into this off season, build and prepare anymore for the final few years of the Crosby Malkin Letang Era. Uh, if you haven't already, do yourself a favor. My gosh, if you're in your Odyssey app listening to this right now, A U D A C Y, go open into the upper right hand corner if you haven't already. Tap follow, and then you'll get notified as soon as new episodes of Fifth Avenue Face Off are available to you. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Hello, how are you? Uh, be sure to subscribe. Click the little notification button as well on the 937 The Fan YouTube page, and you'll get notified as soon as new episodes are. Available of 5th Avenue Faceoff, wherever you get your podcasts, please. Subscribe, favorite, download, rate, review, all that stuff. Let us know exactly how we're doing. You can always give feedback as well, at the Chris Mac on Twitter. You can go there, let me know what you think of 5th Avenue Faceoff. Thanks again to Scott Burnside. Thanks to Eric Tang Grady. We will see how things go Tuesday in the home finale against the Blackhawks and be back on Wednesday to talk about it. And what remaining playoff chances there are. Who knows? Again, based on what happens Monday night for the Islanders and Panthers, the Penguins may have a shot to leap right back into playoff position on Tuesday against the Chicago Blackhawks. Or they may be going into that game three points down with just two games left to play. That's some nightmare fuel for you as a Penguins fan, but we'll talk about it. However, it shakes out in the next 24 to 48 hours. We'll do it again on Wednesday. The next edition, Derek Scully of Robert Morris, by the way, will join me as well as Eric Tangrady as well of Fifth Avenue Faceoff.